This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Well, good afternoon. It's Breakfast with the Broker with a special afternoon show instead of the morning because, uh, you know, we slept late. No, that's not, not, not the case. We wanted to make sure that we had a great um, afternoon show for you and uh, certainly appreciate it. So without further ado, and now by way of Delray Beach, Florida, she's the owner, digital and social marketing director at TravelFund.biz, a host agency specializing in training travel ambassadors and upscale single sailing. She has hosted over 500 cruises and hosted thousands of single events. She is the at solo travel expert. She's a true travel influencer as the host and founder of the hugely popular podcast called Cruise Director. Just look at her hat. She is a wife, a former personal trainer, and one amazing cruising director. She is Shelby Fronette. Oh, my goodness. The goes wild. It does. I hear, it. I hear all the applause. Wow, David. That was unexpected and exciting. I feel well, thank like you. I, I should wake up to that every day. <laughs> thank you. Well, good afternoon. Thanks. Honestly, thank you for joining me. And, uh, you know, you really um, have taken, uh, you know, travel industry and and social media uh, by storm. And, uh, you know, anybody that's anybody kind of follows you and knows you and, and such. Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Well, you know, as you said, I have been a big traveler. I worked on cruise ships um, for about eight years in my 20s. And then I ended up getting off cruise ships and I worked for Princess Cruises. I think that's usually the top question. And then I got off cruise ships and I moved to Delray Beach. I'm originally from Massachusetts. Where are you from originally? Uh, Believe it or not, I'm one of the few and far between. No, you're native Floridians. Not only am I native Floridian, I've been in Boca since four years old. Oh, my goodness. You're lucky. I mean, I don't even know if you're really born and raised in this area, if you can really have anything to compare it to. But you really are born in one of the best places on earth. Um, I'm from Massachusetts, and I didn't want to live there. So so after cruise ships, I moved to Delray Beach. And and I actually did not know one person at the time, not one. Um, And it uh, it was just a recommendation by one of my past passengers. And I met Delray Beach, and I thought... I want to spend all my money here. <laughs> and I and have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I uh, ended up getting hired by a big singles travel company uh, right after moving here to Delray Beach. I did that for a decade. And uh, now we own and run travelfun.biz uh, with a lot of just kind of cherry picking all the best stuff that I've learned over the years, um, whether it's how to be a cruise director, how to be a group host, how to be a singles sailing cruise director, um, or how to just be a travel agent. Uh, we we do all of that. We kind of packaged it all up. Uh, the social media came very organically because I was a cruise director, really just trying to get my message out quicker to people. Sure. <laughs> and so Facebook, when it, the inception of Facebook just gave me kind of a leg up on the game, instead of being on stage with a microphone, I could be right here. And then I wouldn't have to repeat myself 700 <laughs> times. <laughs> so that's how social media came into my life. Um, Again, that was when it was like invented. That's how old we are, right? I remember Facebook was invented. Um, And then uh, I I loved the social media aspect of it and the marketing. So I did get my digital marketing degree um, through uh, Cornell University. Awesome. So, you know, is it true that like there's a lot of like behind closed doors in those uh, cruises? Because, you know, you you see all these uh, specials and like, you know, like... uh, 
I don't know, all this craziness, uh, the parties and all the employees and, you know, because I like, I mean, I go on a week, like a seven day cruise and I'm like stir crazy. I can't really? imagine going six or eight months or, or it's you usually know, six months. Yeah. Uh, like, like that. Yeah. So what cruises <laughs> have you been on though? Because I need to so, know. Yeah. I need to know more information. All right. So more information. So, um, I'm, I mostly have gone in Norwegian, um, okay. um, and you know, um, recently anyway, Norwegian, probably the last five or six crew. I've only probably gone on maybe 10 or 12. That's a lot. Um, though. I mean, that's but, enough. uh, crew, five or six crew Norwegians and maybe a few, uh, Royal Caribbeans. And just in the Caribbean like, area or did you go on the med yet or? No, we didn't go to the Mediterranean. We did go, um, to Alaska though. Um, okay. and, um, and then, but mostly Caribbean, you know, yeah. Mexico. All right. Just so stuff. easy from, from yeah, here yeah. too. Easy. Well, uh, as far as going stir crazy, kind of hard because you work so much, like when you're on a, when you're working on a cruise ship, you really are working split shifts constantly. So usually, um, depending upon your gig, you're usually up by six, working by seven, and then you work until about noon, one o'clock, then you have like an hour or two break. And then you're into like shifting into afternoon night gear. And then you work until, you know, 10, 11, 12 at night. Uh, and then you do it again and again and again. <laughs> uh, and then you fit some port days in between there, you, you know, depending upon what your position is, you do have some time off in port, but then there's no sleeping. It's either sleep or go discover the port, you know? Um, that's why I say it's a young person's job. You just don't have to sleep. Uh, to answer your question, are the parties legit? They were. I don't know that they are anymore. I, I come from, I think, the last of the Mohicans that was not videotaped. <laughs> you know, the big brother was not watching. Um, yeah. We got a lot. We got away with a lot. Like, uh, my husband and I constantly say, like, I don't know if I would have lasted with the video in the, in the crew area. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I mean, I have three girls, right? Yeah. So, like, and, and I can't imagine growing up now where everyone's watching. Yeah, everyone's looking, everyone's seeing what you're doing, everyone's judging you, mm -hmm, everyone's, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, and I, I, I kind of reference the, the Victoria's Secret song, you know, like where everyone, you know, you know, they talk about like this, you know, the whatever, the guy who owns Victoria's Secret and um, and how, you know, everyone's supposed to look like this and everyone's looking like this. And I don't know about that song, the, but I know, can relate Victoria's to the Secret, message. No, like, the, <laughs> like, you know, the, what the I, I, you don't want me to sing, but <laughs> I, th I think the, the, the artist is Jax, I think so. Okay, well, name, I'll, but, I'll look it up. I'll do but, it. But, you know, it's it's a very, you know, like a pop song right now. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's it's all about, like, image and, yeah. like, you know, um, you know, originally when we had Facebook, we were looking at, you know, well, I went to the coffee shop and I went to this and I, you know, I read a book and I did this and, you know, and it kind of, you know... You know, because I guess it was a MySpace, right? MySpace right. came first, right. really. Yeah. And so, like, as we're you know going through this social media, now everyone's looking, and you there's it's like a society of of first chances. You don't get that second chance. You say something, you do something, you caught in a video wrong, you're done. Yeah, I, I don't under that that whole cancel culture is really mm -hmm. irritating to me, honestly, Very. because it shouldn't be reflective. I mean, we change as humans. You know, we change our viewpoints, change our thoughts, change our, our experiences, change us, and that they're they're holding on, especially to kids. What they've said. I've seen a couple incidents where I'm just so flabbergasted that they're putting something that a kid said on Snapchat against them four years later when these kids aren't even 18 yet. And, you know, it's like, how could you judge a kid when they're 14 saying something off the cuff? Like, 
we all did. You know, we all tried to be smart. We all tried to be cool. We all tried to think about, well, maybe maybe if I say this, this will work. Oh, crap, that didn't work. (laughs) But how do you know? (laughs) I I, I can only imagine, you know, these private conversations being, uh, you know, secretly recorded when Mm -hmm. we were kids and and all the way through our 20s and 30s, you know, to, to, to get to this point. And it's uh, it's crazy, but you know the the advice out there really is you know be very careful. You, you got to make sure that your image and your brand, whether it's your company or your personal brand, you know has to you know fit what you want it to be. Right, right. And you can't the the kids of today. I know they just don't think of it much like it's a brand. We we use it as a business tool cl- clearly. But um, my son, he's 14, and uh, he wanted to do social. And I think I feel like Bill Gates because I'm like, oh, no, you know, Bill Gates with his iPad, he didn't give it to the kids. I was like, you can't have social media until you're 14. (laughs) He's like, so-and-so has it. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I know about it. But when he did, when we allowed him to, um, I said, you know, we'll allow you, but we have to have access. And you have to be coming out in some sort of way. uh, Which business do you want to promote? You know, he, he's making pizzas. He's a teen chess, uh, com tutor. He's um, a young entrepreneur's academy kid. So he's like, well, why do I have to do any of that? I'm like, because if you're going to be on social, you're going to be on social the right way. And you need to take responsibility. You should look at it like a business because social is not, it isn't just for fun anymore. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not. So I agree with you on that. But to, to, to answer your question about the... Um, what it's like on ships. I would honestly say because of the way they are recording everything you do now, I don't think I would want to work on a cruise ship now, but I did not only love it. It, it was so amazing to be around so many like-minded independent thinkers, hard workers, because if you're on a cruise ship, you're only making it there for two reasons. You know what you're doing and you are a professional like through and through and you are still three reasons and you work your butt off. Like you're just a hard worker. So you're a part of that club, you know, right away. And I think there's such a camaraderie in that itself. You know, all these kids that will leave home that are independent enough to, to do things on their own that are real thinkers because things are not laid out on a cruise ship. At least it wasn't when I was there. Um, there's not like a bullet point checklist of what to do. There's throw you into the heat of it and like make it, break it or go home. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're not gonna, you're not gonna make it if you can't figure it out. So all those people, and usually they're in their twenties too. So it's a real culture to be together. It's a family. It really felt amazing. However, now being as though they track everything you do and they are videotaping everything and you're liable for everything. I don't think that it would be the kind of fun it was for when I was there. I don't think I would, I don't think I would fit in that culture. You know, it's uh, yeah, and, and uh, we actually just were on a, a cruise. My daughter had a bat mitzvah, so you know, um, you know, uh, n- nowadays, you know, you look at these these parties and these extravagant parties, especially in Boca, and trying to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, you know, you have to sell uh, your house in order oh, to do gosh. it. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but um, you know, we went. We had a, a great time, and it was it was a Norwegian ship or whatever. You know, I always thought like you know, kind of combining real estate and cruises. And maybe even like that VRBO thing, right? So like, why isn't, and, and I don't know if maybe there is, maybe you can enlighten me, but why why can't you buy a cabin? Mm. Like, why can't I buy a cabin and rent it out for a period of time and go in it whenever I can? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there is a company doing that. It's only one that I know of, though. I think it's called Storytime. It's Story something. Uh, Storyline, I think it's called. 
uh, and they were building their ships and they were really pushing hard and COVID the time of COVID because they were saying like you were isolated from COVID if you bought one of these condos, so to speak. And it was like a lifetime condo and then you could sublet it out, et cetera. So that, that is being tapped into. I don't think that there's trust in the industry just yet, especially for a new company. If like one of the uh, big companies, like one of the top big ones, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean. Well, I blah, almost blah, blah. think like timeshares, right? right so right. like timeshares well, that's get what they're involved. basically right. doing with story time, but they, they storyline, but they are brand, brand new. I just don't think that they trust them, uh, but I think it's a brilliant idea. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the funny thing is they're going to have to call it something else because we don't trust timeshares, right? For, right. Because so many people have been, you know, for lack of a better term, I don't know, take advantage of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because well, it it made sense. It made sense for the for the wealthier clients to do timeshares prior to the Airbnb era. Sure. After that, it didn't really make much sense because then you're like you're not really paying less, you know, and you have so many restrictions. And, you're, and I don't people like flexibility. I mean, that's I the thing. Yeah, I I always yeah I always wanted to. And I know you could turn in your points and and do this or whatever. But I always looked at it and said. All right, I pay you fifty grand or seventy grand or whatever right. the number is, and then I got to pay. You know, worry about maintenance every week, you know, or every year, but for as many weeks as I, right. I have. And, and and by the time it was done, it was like, all right, well, it's two thousand dollars a week. <laughs> like, why does this make sense? Like, and, and I'm pigeonholed into one yeah. place, or when someone else opens up that place where I want to go in the week that I have it, and want you know, it's. Yeah, it, it became, it, it became a nightmare. Well, it's also a lot of, it's just a lot of work. I mean, yeah. people, we just don't have the time. I don't think right. us these days, people like us, movers and shakers that have the money to spend, don't have the time to figure out your <laughs> your little deal. Like, sure. it's just too many things. Um, but I, I agree with you. The other thing that's interesting about a cruise ship lifestyle is actually on some of the lower end cruise ships, it is cheaper to retire on a cruise ship than it is to have a place. Yeah. Like no. that's seriously like that would be plan A for me if I was like 20 years older. Right. I seriously would. I'd be like, screw it. Let's just get the cheapest. I'll just keep booking cruises <laughs> because it really, you can't, I mean, you're, you're talking about all your food included and, and that's already insane. Like at a hundred bucks a day. Like, are you kidding me? Like that's right. insane. That's, and that's a, well, you could do that in downtown Delray. I'm sure you could, but uh, you'd you know. beat up big Al steaks every day. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, for, for the cabin, <laughs> for the cabin itself, I mean, you can get it for, if you're splitting the cabin, you're like 50 bucks a person. That's in the low range I mean, you have to go shopping, but I mean, there's definitely ways to get incredible, incredible deals and you could just keep doing that. And then you have everything you need unless you get sick, then rut row. Yeah. <laughs> then you're and out. they throw you overboard. Yeah, then you're dead. Yeah, you're you're going home. Well, then you were dead anyway. You would right. have been dead anyway, so True. it's fine. But it is, yeah. it's a brilliant idea. If you want to go in on that, I'm in. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, we live in paradise. We do. So, you know, if I lived in Massachusetts or I lived in Iowa or where, you know, some of the areas that, you know, you know, really, and Mass, I like Massachusetts. No, it's okay. It's just uh, cold. Uh, it's, it's really cold. It's know, hard living, right. honestly. It really is hard living. And I know people are really attached to where they live and you can never, ever say anything negative about anything anymore right. without getting flack. <laughs> but ultimately, it's it's a very... Tough life up north. I mean, I lived in Western Mass too, and it's like just getting outside your door and getting to your work is like danger zone. I mean, you're like 
taking your life in your hands, just driving seriously. And and then, you know, you get, you get the seasons. Oh yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of nice and, you know, makes you feel good for a month or so. You a minute, know, and, a minute. And again, I can only imagine this and I've only been told this. I've only seen it in pictures, videos, movies, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, we live in paradise, certainly. Um, you know, the only thing I, I wish that, you know, Hey, we're in December and we're, we're still in the eighties. Like, I mean, which, you know, to some people are like, Oh my God, you know, I'm in the thirties, but like to us, it's like, all right, can we at least have like 60? Right, right. Like you, want a little, you want a little like, reprieve me, from the... Throw, throw me a cold bone one, right, once right, in a right. while. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's it, There's a couple ways I look at that. I'm always really, really chilly, so I feel like I can't complain all the time. So I only allow myself to complain when I'm too cold. So right, right. <laughs> so that's, that's how I look at it. But again, it just depends on how who you grew up, how you grew up. Um, I find the fact that, you know we do live in paradise, at least I think so. If you like the warm weather, um, up in Massachusetts, I tell people we have the seasons, but we all work so hard up in mass that it's like the planets have to be aligned for you to a get to the beach, B take a hike uh, during fall season, C go snowboarding. I mean, the planets literally have to be aligned because there's not a lot of great weather all the time. There's a lot of icy weather. There's a lot of rain. It's just, it's not easy. We're, we just, we have it very good. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, you know, um, you know, you, you know, you, you came through and, you know, we're always a product of our own experiences, um, whether our environment and, and, you know, and we have our stories that go all the way through and, um, which has molded us, you know, to where we are today. What, uh, you know, what advice would you give? Because we've really pretty much all become entrepreneurs or a lot of people have become entrepreneurs now wanting to own their own business or wanting to do remote or wanting to do certain things and, and lifestyle and mindset has, is, is certainly changed. Um, what, what advice would you give to someone who says, you know what, I want to, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to own my own business. How am I going to own my own business? Well, I think if you would have asked me that question <laughs> a couple of years back, I would have answered differently. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, you have to remember too. My my father, my uh, my real father had a has a business. He's a lumberjack and a um, a sawmill owner. So he has Canadian Tree Expert Company. Anyone in Massachusetts needs some wood, you know where to go. <laughs> um, so I watched him do his own thing, and actually, that made me never want to own my own business. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Well, um, well, my my parents are were real estate agents, and it made me never want to be a real estate agent. And here I am, you know, and I'm going, oh, geez. Like I remember, and not to cut you off, but no, I remember driving in a driveway, and and like, come on, mom, like another house. How long are you gonna be at this house? Right? How long are the buyers gonna take? Are they gonna walk around and do circles again? And I gotta sit there. All I want is pizza and a soda and I got to wait till they're done. And, so uh, and it's, but it is, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I've always been, um, I think I've always been impatient is why I've always been an entrepreneur. Not because I had some yearning to do my own thing. <laughs> um, I just, I don't like wasted time and it irritates me to watch the cogs in a wheel and all the wasted money, all the wasted time. It drives me a little crazy. So when I've been in the corporate world, generally I work best when I'm leading a small team, like, because if I'm in the cog, I just get irritated with watching all the waste, you know? 
and I want to just get things done faster and more efficiently. Uh, so right from the beginning, uh, I was in fit fitness. So that's how I got on cruise ships. I was the fitness director. I worked at some pretty high end places, like where the celebrities work, um, live. They, they pretty much lived there. Like James Taylor literally lived at Canyon Ranch. She just used it as his gym. It's like, uh, that's like 25 years ago. It was still 600 bucks a night, you know, right. to walk in the joint. Um, and, uh, anyway, so I, 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 did some teaching at some of these really high end places. And I realized quite quickly, I could have my own little business teaching in it. And back then it wasn't really saturated. So here I was Jane Fonda. So I did my thing, <laughs> made some money, kept fit. Then I got on a cruise ship. I was like, bonus. Right. <laughs> you know? And then I realized there was really no place to go from there. <laughs> so I went into the cruise director arena because I was able to um, be on the microphone, teach dance. And then they trained me from there on the job training. So I was a cruise director and that's kind of a silo job too. You're, you're in charge of managing a team of entertainment professionals, but you're really your own little thing. So it's still kind of entrepreneurial. Um, and then I came uh, here to Delray. I got hired as the lead cruise director for the big uh, singles travel company. And although I was working for a big company, again, it was kind of like my own little gig. Like, and I made it what it was. I did the social media I did all the programming. I hired and trained all the staff um, that were going to be with the guests. Um, although it wasn't my own business, I certainly treated it like it was. And I think that was actually the reason I had to leave was because I could see that they were doing, they were allowing some people to really um, just suck them dry. And I would say to them, listen, you know, this person and that person isn't answering the phone. And then I'm getting social media saying, messages saying, why aren't you answering my phone? Don't you want my business? And I don't even own the company. So I don't have any, like any say over them, like let's do better. And, uh, and then ultimately that that's what led me to owning travel fund, um, which was a great endeavor that my husband was probably more into. He loves being entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. I like being safe, <laughs> but it was going well. We, um, we, we, the first three months of opening, we sold $250,000 of travel. That's wow. huge. However, then COVID hit. And it was like, literally, we had worked for free for like six months already, waiting for the big payoff at the end, right? Because all, we invested in chartering some river cruises and everything. And it, I never really could have imagined it going that badly. Like, if I had any inkling that it was that much of a risk, I never, ever, ever would have taken it. Um, and then we just kind of saw it through mostly cause I can't stand to waste the time that I put in. And I pivoted to just doing social media through that last three years because I had, that's how I had gained the following and the sales through travel was on social media. Mm -hmm. um, but to, to round it out, what I would tell someone that really wanted to be an entrepreneur or own their own business, I would really say to not, I wouldn't say what everyone says. They, they say, jump, you have to jump sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, please don't jump, step. <laughs> you know, like, don't jump. No, I don't think it's a great thing to do. I think you should be growing out of what you, like you should be building a business while you have something safe that you're working on. Sure. And then you, you don't, like there's a lot of hype these days, especially on social media. Everyone has like some sort of three-step success program to blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of BS. I don't sell that. I don't do that. I have a five-step to podcasting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but they, there is so many, like there's so many quick entrepreneurial tidbits. And most of the time, what I hear is that they want people to basically a hundred percent focus on this new thing and, and take the leap of faith and just, 
put everything there. I, I disagree. I think you should be building while you have something that you're stable with and working extra hours on your business until you're too big to, exp you're busting at the seams. That's when you grow. I don't, I don't feel like all this risk is, um, is very good for most people. And I think that they're selling people a, a crappy hand when they say, you know, invest your money here, invest all your time there. I believe you should, if you're going to really want your own business, you should be building it while you have something safe that you're working with. Until yeah. you expand. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, there's like two schools of thought, right? Like, you know, one, you know, and, and I guess, you know, I kind of more subscribe to the let's, let's gamble on myself. I'll, I'll figure this out and whatever, but that's my personality, right? Yeah. Um, a personality where you, um, worry or anxious about everything um, or want to be a perfectionist or someone who maybe is even, you know, more organized and structured in their thoughts and such, you know, they're not, they're going to be risk adverse and they're not going to want to do this. Yeah. And that's you a know, good point too. Know, like, yeah, it, it, like it depends on personality, you know, no doubt about 100, it. Like just, just do you like, you know, like, you know, if you feel like you can gamble on yourself 99% of the time, you're going to make it through. There's going to be a roof over your head. You're going to be able to, you know, work it through. You just, you know, connecting, building relationships in any business or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I always end the uh, conversation on two questions. Oh, boy. One is, um, what is your favorite all-time, uh, like, streaming series or movie? Like, what did you watch that just wowed you? And favorite all-time. All-time. Um, all, all oh, and what are you currently watching? Oh, nothing. I don't have time to watch you know, anything. To watch. Do you read books or anything? Pod you listen uh, to podcasts at all? Only yours, David. Ah, only yours. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. What's the last book I've been reading? Was a It was a marketing book. It was one of these marketing tip books. Um, I don't remember what it was called, though. It kind of was a bullet point. I haven't watched anything in a very long time, but occupation is something that I was into recently. Occupation is a Norwegian series. It's a very um, politically uh, po political perspectives, which mm -hmm. is pretty interesting. Um, and of all times, so I'm not really a, a movie buff or a TV buff, but if you had to ask me my absolute favorite movie of all times, it's so cheesy. David, it's so cheesy. You could probably guess it. It's so cheesy. Really? Yeah. Like Gone with the Wind? No, like, no. Like that that's... cheesy? Like, <laughs> I, Dirty I went, Dancing. Oh, Dirty Dancing. No, no, no. That's a lot of... I like that. I like that. That is I mean, the one I was, movie I'll the keep watching. The next one I was going to go with Annie, but... You know. <laughs> I, do, I, I can sing a couple tunes from there, too. I love Annie. Thinking about tomorrow. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, you know, actually, uh, I watched with my daughter, who's 13, a um, a movie called Swimmers. Um, I believe it's on Netflix. And it's about two Syrian refugees. Well, it's about Syrian refugees, but these two specific Syrian refugees um, that were brought up and, you know, hey, Syria is never going to have the problems that other Middle Eastern company, uh, countries have and all these different things. And no, no, it never happened in Syria. Yeah. And then it happens. Mm -hmm. And then um, they're forced to find other ways. And they left their family, two sisters left their family. And, um, you know, I'm kind of giving it away a little bit, but it's a really good movie because it, it shows you the appreciation that you have to understand for those refugees because sometimes because we're not involved and it right. doesn't affect you. Right. 
we forget about it, right? Like, you know, um, you know I'm Jewish and, and, you know, the Holocaust, right? And, and people, you know, um, you, know the, you know, the farther we get away from the Holocaust, yes. um, the le- you know, the, the less the people believe that that possibly actually really could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think that that's a very good point. And because I've traveled so much, I've seen a lot of this firsthand. And I I, I always, first of all, I always say like there's, I feel like we could always be better, but we still are the greatest country with the most freedoms. And very, very, we're just lucky to have Mm -hmm. been born here. That's it. Just lucky, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if our, especially being a woman, uh, being so many places where women do not have rights. They can't even dress the way they want. Never mind, do what they want. Sure. They can't even walk without a, per, a guy next to them. And they run or someone next to them. I think that's a great society. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. It's okay. Uh, yeah, but it's like, it's everyone people. Everyone just censored my it, No, no, no. <laughs> people just don't realize how quickly it happens and how vigilant we have to be with our freedoms because the constitution and our forefathers, as far as I'm concerned, um, had seen this movie so many times before, so to speak, the sure. movie of the movie of government overtaking, overreaching, overdoing, and they always do the same thing. They give you a little bit too much, so people get a little lazy and they don't want to do their own thing, and then they take everything away because now they control it. So it's always the same freaking thing, yep. and they they tried so desperately hard to configure a a constitution that would protect the rights of the people and end up keeping the people in a balanced charge. But if you give it all away, uh, it's, it's amazing how quickly it can go downhill. No, very much so. Yeah. Uh, so swimmers, so swimmers is one I should watch for sure. It is. And and, and like they're on a boat, you know, trying to a raft really. It's like a, you know, basically a raft and, um, inflatable raft. And there's so many of these people, you know, because they're paying, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to these smugglers and they all get on and they realize that halfway, you know, and they're in the middle of the ocean. I mean, the waves are, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 feet. It's crazy, right? And, you know, people are getting sick and they realize that it's too heavy. Yeah. And two of them, the sisters who were um, trying to get in the uh, Syrian or the Olympics, to swim, swim for Syria, okay, jumped out and swam. Oh my gosh. for miles, like miles. You just gave me the chills. You know, and and, and you look at it and you go, like the resolve of people, right? The like the survivorship, like that kind of stuff gets me. Like yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 that, that, that tugs on those heartstrings oh, and sure. says, hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to worry about like a, an argument I had, right? Or I'm going to worry about perspective. You know, you know, here we are and. Boca Raton or Delray Beach, right? And, and, and we're going to argue about our life, or, or yeah. you know, we we are extremely fortunate, and I hope that people live life with uh, thoughtfulness and gratefulness and civility, um, so that you know we could have a, a better society and a better place to live. Amen. All right. Well, Shelby, I can't thank you. Where can we find you? Oh, you can find me all kinds of places. (laughs) Solo travel expert on all platforms, of course. But don't forget to follow my cruise director podcast from Pod Populi because it's awesome. Yes, it is awesome. (laughs) So I can't thank you enough for coming in. I appreciate it. Breakfast at the broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Except today, which was 1 (laughs) p.m. Talk to you soon.